0: up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan plan. Thanks for tuning in, and God bless. Good morning, Next Level Freedom Church family and those of you tuning online who may be guests tuning with us. Thank you for tuning. This morning, we want to wrap up our series entitled Surviving a Flood. This is part five of this series. If you've missed any of the other parts and you want to check them out, feel free to go back and check those out on our website or on our YouTube channel. Those of you tuning online this morning, I want to thank you once again for tuning. I hope you're staying healthy out there. Uh, We'll be praying for you as we're apart. However, today we want to go ahead and get into the message. I won't be before you long today. Um, There's just a few things in these next few passages that God would like for me to share with you that I've been praying about, and this is what we've got. So, we are going to start by reading our passage from 2 Corinthians five sixteen through 18, which has been our key passage for this entire series, says this, Therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get into today's word. Father, I thank you this morning for those that are tuning online, Lord, listening to this message, Lord. I thank you for those that are out there with that ability. I pray for our church members, Lord, as well as those who would maybe regularly tune in, God. Pray that you would begin right now to speak your words through me, God, that they would not be my own, that you would come across this video this morning, Lord, and speak to your children. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I've decided to entitle this message, The Pronouncement. Now, where in the world do you get a title like that? We'll talk about it. As we get to it, we are going to be wrapping up Genesis chapter 9 today and we're going to take a quick glance at one portion of Genesis chapter 10 because I feel that it's important to understand what's coming later in your scripture and in your Bible. So let's go ahead and begin reading where we left off last time. We skipped a few verses down. Now we are in Genesis chapter 9. We're reading verses 18 through 19, starting out. We're going to talk just for a second about this, and we're going to continue moving. It says, Now the sons of Noah, who went out of the ark, were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. That's an important point to remember, as we're going to talk more about that here in just a little bit. Verse 19 says, These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. So looking at these two particular passages as we begin to wrap up our Noah story today, we find that it was Noah's sons and their wives who were responsible for populating the entire planet. The next chapter, chapter 10, gives you a better idea of those descendants and those people that they had birthed and the sons and daughters that had come and created and repopulated this entire planet. So what we find in these particular passages is that Noah's sons populated the earth. We also find something something interesting that I went ahead and told you a minute ago that was important and that is that Canaan's descendants why does it mention Canaan? Let's talk about that first. It says Ham, there in verse 18, was the father of Canaan, and that's going to be important in today's message, in today's story, as we continue working our way through the Bible, because Canaan's descendants, you're going to find as we continue through Scripture, are the ones that Israel is going to have to fight later in order to regain the promised land. So they kind of became the thorn in Israel's side, of the pain. They will talk about some of those descendants, you know, recognize some of those tribes here shortly when we get to that portion of this message. But that's just something I want to point out as we continue reading there in verse 20, so that you've got a better understanding of where we're headed as we continue the story through the bible genesis 9 20 to 21 here's what it says and noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard then he drank of the wine and he was drunk and became uncovered in his tent so here's the deal noah decides for whatever reason this is this in this passage is not indicating as some people have interpreted it that this is the first grapevine that was planted on the planet. That's not what it's indicating. What it is indicating is that Noah decides to begin this new era in human history by planting a vineyard near or around where he was staying, more than likely. Then we find out that by the wine he makes from the grapes that he got from the vineyard, he ends up getting drunk. And now, as we continue reading, he is lying in his tent Naked. He's uncovered. He's naked. Is that's what it meant? Some translations actually say naked. This one, the New King James, there says uncovered. But let's continue reading there in nine twenty-two to find out what's going to happen and as this story is going to pan out. We won't be before you long this morning. I just want to run through some things with history that's going to connect later in your scripture. So here's what Genesis nine twenty-two to twenty-three says. And Ham the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward into and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. Okay, so, what we find here, okay, Okay, pastor, here's what you're telling me right then, that this man that God spared, for whatever reason, because he was declared righteous, has now become drunk in his own tent. That's exactly what the scripture is telling us. However, important to note here that the text does not condemn, nor does it give an explanation or why that Noah was drunk. It just says that he got drunk. That's all it says. So we don't really have an interpretation, but you're going to find as we continue to read through these passages here that that's not where this text is wanting you to focus. They're not wanting you to focus on the fact that he was drunk. They're wanting you to focus on something else, which we're going to be talking about here in a minute. So the text, this in this text Noah is not condemned, nor is there any explanation of his drunkenness. The parallel here that we're going to find here in just a moment or actually we just read it. The parallel here is between man's fall in the garden and Ham's action. So what did we find when we read these passages just a moment ago? We found that now that we knew in the previous passages that Noah was naked in his tent because he was drunk, that his son Ham, for whatever reason, whatever he had done, He sees his father naked in his tent he basically laughs about it goes outside tells his brothers ha! look at this what dad's got going on there so then what happens with the brothers though it's an important note so is that the brothers rather than shame their father walk in the tent backwards with the cover over their shoulders and cover his nakedness without looking at his nakedness well let's look a little bit deeper we're going to look a little bit deeper into that nakedness here in a moment. Because there may be more of an indication there in the text than what we realize. But what we've left off there, as we left verse 23, is Ham. He makes a decision, a stupid decision, to laugh at his dad who's laying naked in his tent. He goes and tells his brothers. All right. Let's continue reading there as we begin to wrap up chapter 9. But we want to talk for just a few minutes about why this action was so condemned. We're going to talk more about that in a second. So hang with me. It says in verse 24 where we left off. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan. Notice that. The text there is directed at Canaan, which is one of Ham's sons, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. A servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Verse 27 says, May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servants. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years, so all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died." Wow, so why did we entitle this message the pronouncement? Well, this, what is happening here is, Noah is making what they call a pronouncement over his sons. We see it more than once in scriptures. Especially from the patriarchs, when they would bless their sons or they would curse some of them or you know, I mean you see it in Jacob's life, you see it in Abram later, you see it in all these others lives, that it's something about the pronouncement. Now something we also need to understand about the pronouncement is it's not necessarily Prophecy. It's not necessarily God speaking through whoever's making that pronouncement. It is them making that pronouncement over their children. Now, there are some indications in the Bible as we read those pronouncements that they do come to pass, but that is not exactly where we want to land with a pronouncement. Basically, the fathers are leaving the inheritance or whatever to their sons by their words and. So Noah here is making a pronouncement over his sons. And then you find, though, as we read those passages, when you read about um, Ham, it didn't really direct it at Ham. Rather, it directed it at his son, Canaan, which we're going to find out is one of his sons. That's why we're going to take a look at chapter 10 here in just a minute. So everything is kind of directed at Canaan. So whatever Ham has done has earned him a curse. Whatever he did, whether he just saw Daddy naked and ran out, Or there's some other indications, there's some other interpretations. One of the ones that was interpreted here, some have interpreted that it was a homosexual sin. Some of it have interpreted that he committed sin with his mother. Now here's the deal, the commentary I had didn't really give a definite because through the context of the passage there is no definite as to what his sin was, but what it is saying is that whatever it was he was cursed. Now one of the indications from the commentary, like I mentioned, indicated that it was a possibility, and it would have been well known to the people of this day and age, that just because Noah is the only one mentioned doesn't mean Mother Dearest isn't on the scene as well. So there's a possibility, don't have it in the context, but there's a possibility that Mother had become drunk with Noah Maybe they had some time together, and they're both laying naked in the tent, when Ham walks in, and at that point his thoughts may have been more than just a laugh. He may have been thinking to commit a sin with his mother, whatever it was, there was something that Ham did. And once again, I want to stress, the context does not say for sure. It's just ideas that have been thrown out there because it leaves that part out because the key, the focus that they're wanting you to get from this passage is the Canaanites. Who are the Canaanites? I mentioned it earlier if you were listening. The Canaanites were the people that Israel was going to have to fight. To regain the promised land once they were enslaved in Egypt and lost that land. So when they come back on the scene, it's the Canaanites that have taken over the land. And we're going to read some of those tribes here in a minute to give you a better idea of that. So they're going to have to take it back. So whatever it is, they do conquer. They do get back in the promised land. But they never really fully regain the entire promised land that was promised to them by God because... They chose to sin. We'll talk about that, though, when we get to it. Let's get back to the story here. So Ham has done something that has earned him a curse. But one other thing, and I've kind of mentioned it as we've been talking over the last few minutes, that is noticed here is the fact that the focus, it doesn't say, let Ham be cursed. Noah, instead, curses one of his sons, which is Canaan. And, of course, in the scripture, and the interpretation, when you read about the battles that come later, you would see it as a natural thing as to why this would have been mentioned here, because what they're showing us, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, is that they have been cursed since the beginning. The Israelites did not like the Canaanites. They had come in, they would taken over their land, they fought, they got their land back. Or they Once again, they didn't gain the whole thing, but they when they came back into the Promised Land and all the wars and battles that were fought were against the descendants of Canaan, the Canaanites. So they've looked at this passage and they've said, you know what, this is where they got cursed. This is the reason they have become a cursed tribe. Now, why did Noah direct it at Canaan and not Ham? I have no idea. That's a good question. The text doesn't really say. But what we do know... About this passage is that in Genesis 10, which is the next chapter, we're gonna read verses verse 6, and then we're gonna read verses 15 to 18 real quick just to give you an idea of who the Canaanites were, and then we're gonna get ready to wrap up. T- Genesis 10:6, here's what it says: The sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. Canaan, sorry. Then you jump down to verse 15, and it gives you some of the descendants of Canaan. It says, Canaan begot Sidon, and his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite, the Amorite, and the Girgashite, and the Hivite, and the Archite, and the Sinite, and the Arvadite, and the Zamorite, and the Hamathite. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed. Every one of those ites, let's just say that, the only one that seems to be lacking an old joke we used to say is termites, but there's a lot of ites here. And they've descended from the Canaanites. And those ites that you read there, when you get to them, when we get to that point in Scripture, or when you read that point in your Bible, in your own Bible study time, you're going to realize that those names are listed as ones that had to be conquered in order to take the land back. So each of these tribes are the ones Israel will have to defeat later to be able to claim the promised land, which was the prize. So we're gonna end in today's message by just saying that Noah has exited the ark. We talked about that last time. His sons have come. Two of them made a good choice. One made a bad choice. Ended up earning a curse for the bad choice. The son that made the bad choice, Ham, ended up earning a curse That was upon his son Canaan, for whatever reason, and it was directed at him. But then we also find that Shem, who we will find as we read through scriptures, is a descendant, a direct descendant, of King David, of Jesus Christ, of Abraham, all the way down to Jesus. So Shem ends up being the blessed one, and that's what this passage indicates. Noah blesses him, he expands his territory. then we have Japheth, who's going to come alongside of Shem, because he made a better decision. Now, why was Shem chosen over Japheth? Well, the common belief there is he was one of the oldest, or he was the one that was blessed. So, not really sure, but Shem's tribe is chosen, and once again, will be where the descendant, where Jesus Christ comes. If you follow that line, which we'll follow through the Old Testament, you get to Jesus eventually, so Shem is blessed. Japheth is blessed. Ham and his son, it appears, have been cursed by their father before making a dumb decision. Once again, Scripture doesn't indicate what that decision was that got him to that point all it tells us is that it was wrong. It was, apparently it was bad enough. It probably, let's just be real about it, it probably was not geared maybe directly at this incident only. There was probably some other things that had been seen that aren't mentioned in the Bible that would have earned Ham that curse. Or it could have been Noah just acting out of anger of what he found out once he realized what he had done. Whatever the case may be, Ham ends up with the curse. His son Canaan ends up with the curse. We find later that that battle is drug out in the Old Testament. It is time to wrap up today's message. We're going to go ahead and close like we always do. If you're tuning online with me right now, I just want you to know that wherever you're at in life, whatever decisions you've made, whatever floods you have come through, our key passage in 2 Corinthians tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And in order to earn that new relationship, you can't earn it. I'm correct myself. You can't earn that relationship. But in order to get back in a relationship with God, the first step you have to make on your journey is receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you do that by simply asking you say dear jesus i know i'm a sinner i believe you died on the cross for me i believe you rose on the third day becoming victorious over death that i might live i ask you to come into my heart be lord of my life forgive me of all my sins from here on out i want to live my life." Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer right now, and that's the first time you've ever prayed that from the bottom of your heart, you sincerely meant it. I want to say welcome to the family of God. Your next step is you need to find a good church home, one that can disciple you and train you, and that can see you baptized. You need to be baptized. You need to be following in Jesus' footsteps. But I want to give you something else rather than just leaving it right there with you. I want to tell you, go to our website, especially if you just prayed that prayer. If you're tuning to this on the website, then you're already there. Up at the top of the page, click on the menu button. In the drop box, you're going to go all the way to the right side. You're going to click on the link that says the road to new life. And that will take you to another website that I created in college, which will explain the plan of salvation to you and why it is important you follow each page in order and once you get to the bottom there's a contact form fill that out send it to me that comes directly to my email I would love to know that you received Christ and if you're seeking a church home once we start meeting again at the Civic Center we would love to have you come and be a part of our family so I want to thank you for tuning in right now if you're tuning online that will conclude this series surviving a flood I will say this I'm debating right now, i praying well, what we're going to do with next week. I've got another series in the works, it's called Why, and we're going to be talking about Job, because remember when we began this thing at the beginning of the year, I told you that we are going to be going through the Bible chronologically, and just seeing all the stories and how this whole thing fits together. Well, Job is believed to be the oldest book in the Bible, and it's written talk about it when we get to it but the other option that may be coming next week before we get to that series is that I'm praying about the possibility we may do a two-part Easter series similar to what we did last year if you were here tuning with us last year and we may do that so I'm still praying on that but either way next week we'll begin a new series uh, whether it's why or whether it's an Easter series that we talk about Jesus for the next couple of weeks, because we're only a couple of weeks away from Easter. So you can make plans to be with us. Hopefully we'll be back in the building real soon. Um, Next week right now is still up in the air. They're supposed to let us know. But I want to thank you if you're tuning online. God bless, and we'll see you next time.